everyone. Welcome to Backstory Sessions. I'm your host, Matt. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome you to this episode of Backstory Sessions. I'm joined today by my co-host, Matt. Hey, hey, Matt. Hey, everyone. How are you? How you doing, Kat? You know, I am excited for this episode. Uh, as soon as I knew who our guest was going to be, I had a perfect backstory of my own. And so uh, <laughs> I, I'm just so excited to tell this backstory. Okay. So, um, there used to be a place um, called Tombstone Junction, and it would have, like, uh, you know, performers coming in, and it was a little amusement park kind of thing, too, Mm -hmm. but the the big appeal was to concerts, and so my brother, um, he was pretty young, like, I don't know, six or so, he could read, um, you know, pretty well, I guess, for six years old. And my mom and him and my cousin were in the mall in Williamsburg, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And Exile uh, was going to be performing at Tombstone Junction. And they were trying to make a uh, commercial. So uh, this the producer person of the commercial um, saw my brother and my cousin. And he wanted to use them because they were cute little kids to... Um, you know, do a little commercial to introduce that Exile was going to be uh, coming to some junction. Okay. So, uh, you know, my they got these little cue cards, and, and my brother's like, I guess, all excited. And so he's reading, they're reading the thing. And um, so it says, you know, tell them your name here sent you. And he was supposed to insert his name. But instead, he just read the cue card. So he's like, tell them your name here sent you. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, my brother, I just had to tell that story to, like, embarrass him. Uh, but they, they used that because they thought it was cute. And, you know, so. Anyways, that's my backstory. And um, so that brings us to our guest today, uh, which people will already know is a member of Exile. But uh, we have with us today J.P. Pennington of Exile. J.P., we want to welcome you to Backstory Sessions. We're really excited to have you as a guest. Oh, thank you, Kat. It's good to be with you and Matt. Everybody okay today? And we are doing well. Um, good. You know, as well as you can be in these tough times. It's uh quite interesting time we're living in but um you know one thing about besides the fact that we like your music um but you're kentucky based and um you know uh, we're kentucky based so uh it's gonna be a great episode i feel like yeah matt um you know he has more in common as far as location with you so uh berea let's start there you um grew up in berea is that your original uh hometown i guess yeah i was born in berea college hospital um and uh lived in berea until i was about 18 uh, and then i uh, 
went off to school, well, off, just up the road, actually, at EKU. Yeah. <laughs> it was called Eastern then. Everybody called it Eastern. But uh, uh, that was uh, around the time, uh, I'll give or take, uh, that our band, you know, had been in existence. And uh, I got busy with, with that, and, and uh, we got busy on the road during that time. And uh, so, uh, you know, and we were based, actually the band was based in Richmond. Um and uh, we started traveling a lot, and I, I uh, had an apartment, uh, an apartment or twelve in uh, in Richmond. <laughs> but uh, we we uh, uh, we got so busy with it, and I just continued to live there, and, and uh, never never made it back to Berea. You know, a, a lot of family there, but uh, that's the last time I lived in Berea. I think it was about uh, around uh, 1967, something like that. So, um, did you grow up in a musical family? I did. Yeah, my uh, my mother was uh, part of a group that worked out of Renfro Valley. Uh, they were called the Coon Creek Girls. Uh, it was her and her two sisters. Um, they were billed as the first all-girl string band. They played... Uh, well, I call it mountain music. It was kind of a precursor to bluegrass music. And uh, my dad was also part of the show. As a matter of fact, that's how uh, my parents met. That was when they were both working as uh, entertainers there at Renfro Valley. Uh, my dad was uh, one of the MCs, and he played... Uh, uh, acoustic stand-up bass and sang bass in the gospel quartet and uh so yeah i mean my uh you know i mean i was uh influenced uh in 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 our home at a very early age with uh with with music Uh, so when was it that you knew that you had a musical talent too well you know i started playing when I was so young that I, I don't even recall whether or not there was some epiphany, you know, that right. that told me that this is what, you know, I was born to do. But uh, the fact is, it's true, I suppose. You know, I, I mean, it was in, in my blood from my mom and dad. And uh, there are always all kinds of musical instruments uh, around the house. And there were always a lot of pickers and singers there. And, of course, I'd go down to Renfro Valley and see the shows. And, and uh, it's just something that really uh, interest, interested me at a, at a young age. Uh, so, you know, the older I got, the more interested I became. And uh, at some point, I'm not sure when. Um, I decided that this uh, is what I wanted to do, you know, for a living. And here I am. I'm still doing it. <laughs> Out here on the road. I'm in North Carolina today. We're doing a, you know, doing a show with uh, with our uh, band Exile tonight. So, still, so I'm still so, still going at it. Uh, Exile was formed in. Uh, like 1963 is that right yeah that's correct 
So, so 58 years, I mean, that's an amazing, I, I mean, that's a really long time for a band to be together. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, I don't know, we might qualify for some kind of a record in there somewhere. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I know that uh, it's it's been discussed that um, we could be up there near the top in, in uh, American bands who are self-contained, you know, who play and sing all of their own records and music. Uh, we're, we're, we're right up there, I guess. I think the Beach Boys are in there somewhere. And, uh, right. But... Um, I don't know. I mean, we our uh, our current mantra mantra is uh, we're going for sixty. So, <laughs> so that's another you know that's another year and a half roughly. Uh, it'll be it'll be sixty years, you know. And I don't I don't know uh, I don't know how to how to even think about that, you know. Yeah. Lord knows. I mean, I, I uh, it, it never occurred to me all those years ago that I would still be doing this, uh, you know, at, at uh, so many years later and at my age, but, uh, but, uh, you know, truth be known, I, I really, uh, and all of us, uh, it's it still really interests us. We, uh, we're still having fun. We still like each other <laughs> and we still feel like we can, we still like feel like we can uh, do what it takes to strive to be better, you know. And I think I think that's the uh, those are some of the secrets, uh, uh, you know, of our longevity. Uh, I think the pro- probably the biggest secret is is that we uh, we actually like each other, oh, yeah. and we we we, re- we respect each other, and you know we have our differences. No, I would like a family have differences, but they don't last long and they don't they don't get loud and they don't get hurtful, you know. And so I think we're lucky that we have five people that just sort of you know, ended up sort of in the same vein as far as personalities go. Yeah, I think that in order to make it work that long that uh it it would take uh you know, a special um, group of personalities because not all personalities could uh, last that long together. Yeah. We, uh, we don't take ourselves very seriously as individuals. You know, we, um, we take very seriously what we do for a living and, and, and what we do as a band, but, as far as uh, you know, the individual personalities there, there are no giant egos in this band. It, it would it would bear would it would embarrass us to think that there are, you know. But uh, I think that's probably our biggest our biggest secret as far as staying together. So, how did the band come to be? Um, who like, were you all in uh, other bands or high school bands, or how did Exile come together? Well, um, I was uh, I was mowing our yard 
one day, and this was in uh, the spring of 63, and this car pulled up um, in front of our house, and two guys got out and came over, and they obviously, you know, wanted to speak to me, and so uh, they they had a they had this 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 idea for a band they wanted to start, and they had heard that that uh, I played guitar, and uh, they uh, were wondering if I'd be interested in coming to a rehearsal and seeing how I liked the other guys and and truth be known probably to see if I was any good <laughs> and uh, so and, and those two guys were uh, you know uh, ultimately along with myself were two of the original members of the band one one was Jimmy Stokely who was the singer and uh, the other guy was Billy Luxon who was uh trumpet player and a a back vocalist and played percussion but uh i uh you know i mean my my interest was peaked because you know i i enjoyed getting up and and playing in front of people and and uh they told me what kind of music they were uh you know that they wanted to play and and uh you know, which was the top 40 radio music of, you know, of, of that particular uh, time. So it sounded good. And um, a week or two later, uh, I had my dad take me over to uh, this house over in Richmond. And because uh, I was too young to drive, I was only 14. <laughs> and uh, so my dad took me. And. Uh, and we rehearsed and worked up a few songs, and and uh, I liked the guys, and they, I guess, they liked what I did, and so, uh, you know, we we formed our our little band, started playing a few places here and there. Um, first place we played was um, under a picnic shelter, uh, over off. Um, Lancaster Avenue in Richmond, over by EKU uh, there, and uh, wow. and we had fun. You know, we we got up stage by a fist fight, I think, <laughs> the, the, the first night, and then you know that was that was a kind of a recurring theme because it seemed like everywhere we played there was a fight. You know, but, but uh, no, that, that was uh, that was the first place we played. We liked it then. And so we, you know, we kept rehearsing, working up songs, and and playing new places, and and you know, we we really at, at that time, I don't think we were uh, we had visions of making a whole lot of money. We just felt like, you know, heck, of, you know, the ideal gig was, uh, you know, making a little pocket change and and. Uh, Maybe maybe meeting a girl, you know. We, <laughs> neither one of those really worked out, you know. But uh, but uh, yeah, I mean uh, that's 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 kind of how the the whole thing started, you know, in a nutshell. You're the guitar player, though. I mean, you know, they get all the girls. 
Well, that's what they said, you know. <laughs> but actually, actually, uh, actually, they they were in need of a bass player, ah. and uh, I, I started out on bass. Okay. Uh, they they had uh, they already had a guitar player in place, and I I didn't even have didn't even have a bass at a time at that time. I had to borrow one, but wow. uh, I played bass in the band for uh, about nine or ten years before I switched over to guitar. Hmm. So what type of music were you playing in those days? We were playing the rock and roll hits off the radio. Okay. You know, the current 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 hits. Um uh, we we all sort of gravitated toward R and B music. We liked the black musicians. Uh you know, we were playing Wilson Pickett and James Brown and Otis Redding and you know, and, and people like that. And uh, we we also liked, you know, some of the white acts too, like the Rascals, and uh, and we even uh, were playing uh, quite a few. If, if I recall, we were playing quite a few of songs that were, you know, maybe six to eight to ten years old too that we that we just liked. Uh, a lot of Buddy Holly stuff and Chuck Berry and. Jerry Lee Lewis and people like that. Oh, yeah. uh, it, it, you know, we, we found that um, to get work, we needed to play music that kids could dance to. So that's that's kind of what we uh, it's what we kind of focused on. Mm. You know, because because dancing was dancing was real big. It was a big social thing. You know, with with the kids of the day. You know, they had their they had their different dances, you know, the twist, the right. shingling, and the pony, and the mashed potato, you know, <laughs> you all those. All. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we played sock hops too, you know. And it was a, you know, dances were da- uh, uh, local dances were were a big, big thing. Yeah. Pool parties, sock hops, uh, picnic shelters, and yeah. anywhere we could play, any anywhere anybody would have us. So at some point you um, joined Dick Clark's Caravan of Stars. Yeah, we did. Um, we were playing uh, at a club there in Richmond, and this was about sixty, sixty-seven, I think, something like that. And uh, it was around Christmas time, and uh, one of Dick Clark's agents was from the area. I think she was from. Cynthiana, I think. Her name was Peggy Rogers, and she worked for Dick in L.A. And uh, she was home for Christmas, and um, she just happened to be there when we were playing. She came with some friends, and uh, she saw us and liked us and approached us and uh, asked if, if, we, if we'd be interested in you know, taking part in uh, the Dick Clark Caravan of Stars, which was a big deal then, you know, and and we were like, duh, yeah, <laughs> of course. But, uh, you know, one thing led to another, and uh, they hired us uh, to, uh, to do uh, one of the tours. It was about a 30-city tour. It lasted, as it probably lasted a... Uh, you know, maybe a couple months or something like that. Um, and our job on the tour 
was to open the show and uh, do about 10 minutes. And we did, you know, just cover songs, their favorite cover songs. And then the single acts of the of the, this package show would, would come on and we would be their backup band. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, people like uh, Tommy Rowe, Freddie Cannon, uh, Brian Hyland. Uh, you know, these were these were single artists who had current hits or fairly current hits on the radio. They were, you know, uh, all known entities. So uh, our job was to to be their band. They they would each one would come on. There would be about maybe three or four per show. They would do two or three songs each, um, and then uh, of course the and then the headliner act would come on come on after that. And uh, we did I think it was four separate tours, and the headliner on I think three two or three of those was uh, Paul Revere and the Raiders. Oh, cool. uh, they were a very big act at the time. And, uh, <laughs> So that I mean, you know, we'd rarely even been out of town, uh, and uh, to to be thrown, you know, into that from what we where we had been was uh, was quite a big jump for us. I mean, we went from playing, you know, to forty people to playing for eight thousand, ten thousand, right. and, and uh, uh, you know, uh, the the large venues, the arenas of the day, and. Uh, and it was it was quite a uh, an eye opening experience. We learned a lot, learned a whole lot from that. So when did uh, so were you were you guys writing your own own material through this whole time, or like did you start that after or what? Well, we at the time uh, I think I was the only one that was doing any writing, but. Uh, we didn't do any of my songs, uh, you know. Number one, they weren't any good, <laughs> and then number two, I, I was too shy to even tell the guys I was writing songs. Uh, Would you like to hear one or two? You know, yeah. no, the writing didn't didn't come until a few years later when we uh, when we got signed to our first album deal. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you, I guess I just want to fast forward a little bit to like in the. Was it in the eighties when Kiss You All Over came out? Uh, Kiss You All Over came out in nineteen seventy eight. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, yeah that 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 was uh it was a very big record for us and and still to this day I mean the songs got a lot of legs. Right. I yeah. mean we could play we can play we can play two notes of that song and the, the audience I mean they're just yeah. right there you know it's. <laughs> pretty amazing really it's 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 a good song to have <laughs> yeah yeah no kidding well and not only in the u.s was it a hit but uh it was like a worldwide hit right yeah it was uh it was uh let me see i think i can recall it was a uh, number one record in 50 countries or something wow. like that yeah it sold uh those were the days um, when singles, you know, 45s, mm -hmm. sure. uh, sold, you know, sold a lot of records. And it sold something like 15 million records globally, something like that. Wow. 
So that must have put you at a whole uh, another level. So you come from the picnic tables, and then you went to the, you know, Dick Clark caravan was another level. And now you're really at another level. Um, how did you make that adjustment? Was it like top of the world? Um, well, we, you know, it, it was, uh, things happened so quickly that we didn't even think about how good it was or how busy we were or, or, or anything positive or negative about it. I mean, we just rolled with it. Yeah. I mean, suddenly, suddenly we, we, we were assigned to a huge global booking agency. And, and I mean, they had us on the road and, and uh, it was rare that we, that we saw home, you know, in those days, uh, we toured for about two years straight on that record, and uh, I would I would say we were probably gone. I don't know, maybe three hundred days out of the year. You know. Wow. But we were, you know, the thing is, I mean, when I look back on it, I mean, we could never do that now. Uh, but you know, because we're just too freaking old, you know. But but uh, uh, we were young then. And, you know, just all all full of energy and everything, man. We just we just rolled with it, went with it. You know, mm-hmm. it was great. And so, of course, you know, cell phones and those kinds of things. You you didn't have that. Um, what was a concert like there? Like after it, uh, you know, were fans still lined up to? get autographs or you know how did it work well it was uh i don't know it was not not unlike it is now uh, i guess not a whole lot unlike it is now but uh one thing i do remember is is uh one trend that a lot of venues uh, like to do was uh, uh it was not to have any seats <laughs> and uh yeah, that got a little chaotic, you know. Yeah. I mean, we we played arenas and stuff like that. But they didn't have any seats on the floor, and there was no security, <laughs> and people would just—they would open the doors, and, and there was no reserve seating. And they would open the doors, and people would pile into the. It looked like a riot going on, you know. People trying to get into places, uh, yeah. you know. To most of them, wanted to be down on the floor where they could stand and move around, and 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 just be festive in their own way you know but uh that was uh it was a lot different than that aspect you know when when when, uh you know problems started arising from all that that's when concert security measures uh uh, sort of kicked in and then things got a lot more controlled yeah uh, i think it was after that who show in cincinnati when yeah they had a stampede some people were killed yeah 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 yeah, yeah, I remember that well. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't want to, you know, I, I I would really love to talk to you, you know, about the, you know, the things that you went through in your career for the next hour and a half. But uh, <laughs> I know you have things that you have to do, so I want to jump forward to what you're doing now. Um, you're, okay. You're touring and... Uh, yeah, we're touring. I mean, that's that's pretty much nonstop. Um, and we'll we'll go through 
all the way through December. Uh, uh, you know, we start doing Christmas shows uh, toward the end of November and all, all through December up leading up to Christmas. And right. then, uh, then it slows down a bit. You know, typically we'll, we'll have January off and, and it's kind of spotty in February and then in March it gets busier and then, you know, the whole cycle sort of starts all over again. How many, how many but dates the, are you doing a year now? Do you know? Oh, I think we're going to do 80 something this year. Oh, okay. That's, yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, we used to be 225. That's about right. That's about right. You know, it's, uh, we we all have uh, you know families yeah. and, and we're we're settled into our lives at home and, and have long such been that way. But uh, it's it's um, it's kind of a long weekend situation with right. us. You know, okay. we'll, we'll go out on uh, typically go out on Thursday night, play Friday and Saturday, sometimes Sunday. Mm-hmm. Get back home on Sunday or Monday. Did you come back to Kentucky um, to do concerts? Do you have any scheduled? Uh, yeah, we're we're playing. Actually, we're doing a Christmas show at uh, Renfro Valley. Um, oh. Yeah, that's December tenth. Awesome. Yeah. Great. Yeah. yeah, we haven't played down there in a while, and and uh, it's it's always uh, kind of a nostalgia trip for me when <laughs> I can go back there. You know. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Yeah. I, uh, my mom uh, told me that uh, her and the country girls were playing a show down there one night, and I was there. This was before I could remember. I was so small, but she uh, she said she came off stage, and she found me asleep in her banjo case. <laughs> so, you know, so my... my uh, my history goes way, way back there down yeah. the Retro Valley. Yeah. That's awesome. But uh, speaking of Christmas, uh, we also just finished the Christmas album. Oh, uh, yes. We've been working on it since uh, since about the first part of June. We uh, we wrote all of the songs, our bass player, myself, and a lyricist by the name of Sharon Bond uh, from Nashville. We wrote it all on Zoom uh, in twenty. Wow. 2020 and um, we, we we went about it differently uh, as far as how we actually made the record um, if you've got a minute I'll, I'll sure. sure yeah uh, we uh, once we got the songs written uh, I went into a studio in uh, Lexington uh, the Lexington area mm-hmm. and uh put down all the guitar tracks and did my portion of the vocals there. And then we brought uh, our other two lead vocalists, Sonny LaBear and Les Taylor in, and they did their lead vocals. Uh, you know, we, we all three are lead singers, so, you know, we, we sang like two, three songs a piece, right. you know, on the project. But... And then we all did uh, the back vocals there, and then we sent the files to uh, a studio in Nashville, and uh, we went in there um, after we finished everything in Lexington. Uh, I went down there and joined uh, joined up with Les 
are joined up with uh, Sonny and Marlon, our keyboard player. Sonny's their bass player as well. Mm-hmm. And we did the um, bass and keyboard tracks there to the tracks, you know, that I'd already laid the guitars down on. Right. And uh, and then we, we, we finished all of that. We got all the music uh, done, and then we sent those files to another studio in Nashville to be mixed. And then we sent those files <laughs> to, an, to a mastering lab uh, in, in Nashville to be mastered. So uh, there was never any point in the whole process that we were all five in the studio together. Wow. wow. Kind of an odd way to make an album, but we're really, really pleased with it. Um, let me shut this window for a second. Sure all these trucks out here um uh, there's there was never any point you know where we were all five uh, there together but it, it it uh we felt like it it it, it came out sounding uh very cohesive mm. you know it's a you know you, you, you the technology allows you to do that now and and the fact that two of us live in lexington and three live in nashville uh, you know, geography can be a problem sometimes. So the technology allowed us to do it, you know, just, you know, just email the parts to another place and let them, (laughs) you know, but, uh, it's, um, it's, 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 the album is unusual in that it's, it's all original songs. It's, it's eight songs and it's all original. Um, most, uh, Christmas albums will have a number of uh, versions of, of you know older Christmas songs, right, which yeah. you know I, th- I think people uh, really enjoy. There's good reason for it, but we just made the decision. We, you know, we felt like we had eight songs that's that stood up, and uh, so we decided just to release it as an all all original album. Mm, cool. When is Do it? you have a favorite from that? Um, yeah, I, I, I think I do. Um, and it's, it's, it's kind of probably kind of selfish on my part because it's one of the ones that I sing, but (laughs) (laughs) it's a song called my Christmas souvenirs. And it's, it's, uh, it's, it's just a nostalgic, really melancholy song. And it, 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 uh, I think it's a, a very moving uh, song. It's a. It's about a, a person who who uh, goes through their uh, box of souvenirs every year, and it reminds them of Christmas and their old Christmas presents and their old Christmas cards and Aww. and uh, so it's you know that I, I think that may be my favorite, but. Uh, uh, it, it it truly is the the first album that we've done that that I don't have a problem with any song. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. every album we've ever done, there have been one or two that I've just absolutely hated. Yeah, you know, yeah. but and I think that's I think that's true with any artist. You know, there's yeah. some that stand way above the others. Uh, you know, and, and, and to any particular person's taste, but. Uh, but no, I, I'm uh, I, I'm really pleased with this this whole project. I'm excited about it. When did when did you say it's coming out? 
Well, we're not sure yet. We're just uh, we're just finishing the uh, artwork and all the liner notes right now, okay. uh, and we're thinking uh, we're thinking maybe middle of October. Okay. Okay. And it'll be available on you know all the all the platforms you know the iTunes right. and, and and we actually uh, we actually have our own, own label. We've we've had uh, our own little record label for a long time now, and it's. It's going to be on that. There will be physical copies that will be available to either okay. on our website or Amazon or, you know, just all those different places. Yeah. Going to be doing any well, videos well, or anything? I'm sorry? Are you going to be doing any videos or anything, do you know? No, we hadn't planned on that. Okay. No, I don't, I don't know if people will want to see these faces. <laughs> <laughs> we, actually, we actually did one last year. Uh, we released one of these songs as a single. Uh, last year, I, I should have told you that one of the songs was recorded last year, so we actually have seven new ones. Okay. But the one from last year's record is 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 uh, uh, is actually uh, part of the project too. But uh, we did uh, we did a like a photo video okay. of the song. Uh, you know, I, I guess you've seen them. I'm not sure what the, yeah. the actual name. Yeah, 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 and it was. We had a lot of uh, funny little pictures of us as kids on you know, <laughs> Christmas, and, kid, and there's some grandkids in there too. And it's kind of funny. It's called Kid Kid at Heart is the name of it, but, cool. uh, but that's included in it too. All right, Cat, I'll give you one more question for JP. All right, Cat, <laughs> make it a good one. All right. Yeah. <laughs> You know, looking back on, like, from the beginnings until 58 years later, um, you know, if you could just relive one song, which one would it be? I don't know. It'd probably be one of those that I hate and would want to go back and re-record. I don't know. That's a good question. Well, of course, you know, Kiss You All Over is hard about, uh, you know, the biggest song we ever had. And, uh, and uh, I, I mean, it's, it's, that's, that's a tough one. But uh, I guess I'd like to relive those days. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we could talk to you forever because there's so many backstories and it's so interesting to me. But I really appreciate your time with us today and, and sharing these. It's been well, it's 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 my pleasure. I really appreciate uh, your guys' time. Appreciate the fact that you would uh, want to hear what I got to say, you know. <laughs> and and uh, if uh, we can, we can. Uh, I'm up for doing it again at any time. I was, are, just gonna, you know, I was just yeah. gonna. I was just gonna say, if you know, if we can set something up, I'd really love to have you back and talk more with you. And, you know, uh, I know you got lots of stories and uh, things that I'm sure you could, you know, like talk about. And I'd really like to get. Sure, man. Yeah, there, there's, there's, there, there could be a lot more to cover. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. You guys just, uh, you know, get in touch with our, uh, our, our gal, uh, Bev. Yeah. We uh, will. Yeah. I'd be, I'd be happy to do this again. It's been great. Awesome. All right. Well, we thank you for thank your you time. Thank you so much. I know. And uh, we'll be listening for the Christmas album. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I pray. I hope you like it. Thank you guys for having me. All right. All Take right. care, JP. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.
As always, if you have any questions, concerns, or comments, you can send those to cat at iwriteplays at outlook.com or you can write to me at backstorysessions at gmail.com or matt at level11ventures.com. Thanks for listening and we'll talk to you soon. Take care.